come here for a show tonight. We didn't come here for one fast song and one mid-tempo song and two slow songs and a sermon. We came to encounter the Lord tonight. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You're in the room, Lord. We recognize your presence. Wreck us, God. Wreck us, Lord. Wreck our plans. Pastor Matt, who's going to come up and deliver the word tonight, that as he spoke, that the glory would get greater and greater and weightier and weightier tonight. So we're going to dispense with the plan. If you don't know me, my name is Les. I'm the lead pastor here at Mercy Culture Waco. Welcome. We love you. If you want to be a member, text 59090. It's awesome. Learn how to connect with God. It's going to be incredible. Have a seat. Just be reverent. If you want to stay on the ground, if you want to stay where you are, you can stay where you are. The presence of the Lord is in this room. Stay, stay playing, Lurlin. Pastor Matt preached last week. He was scheduled to preach last week. He wasn't scheduled to preach this week. I twisted his arm. I asked him to finish out our series on the gifts of the Spirit. He's going to come tonight and minister on the gift of the prophetic. Pastor Matt is one of my dearest friends and one of the most accurate prophetic voices that I know. We're so honored to have him with us here tonight. We're so honored that the Lord showed up tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's welcome Pastor Matt. for God is we can make it complicated so I just want one more time just lift up your hands to the Lord and whatever you need to tell him just tell him whatever your love language is with the Lord just pour it out on him
forever change your life. And it doesn't happen in an altar call. It doesn't happen in a worship moment. It happens when you engage the Lord. doesn't keep on beating. You know, the key to revival, sustained outpouring of the Holy Spirit 
is beholding him. It's just worshiping him. It's just loving him. It's just pouring out affection on him. Say it this way. Though there's many keys to revival, none of those keys are significant if you have a life that's distracted. And this is what I sense in my spirit the Lord is doing in this, in the church, and the church here in Waco in this hour. He's causing all other lovers longer have the affections of your heart. So come on, just one more minute. Just pour out your love on him. Just pour out your love on him. said I can't go to what's next anybody ever get going too fast in your car and you missed a turn I don't want to get to going too fast and we missed a turn so that's why we're slowing down of slowing down isn't about doing less activity. It's being more intentional 
on giving him all of our attention. So just for a moment, forget anybody else in this room. Close your eyes. Don't look at the people that are on the stage, the guy with the mic. Just turn your attention on him. Let me just be honest. I'll lean in. This is just as uncomfortable for me. I don't know how to say it better. I don't like to not be able to move to what's next, knowing that in most of our service, we've already thought, okay, let's go to the message and we'll hear a good message. But on the way here, the Holy Spirit said, don't move until I tell you to move. And so that's what we're doing in this moment. So either you can participate in engaging the Holy Spirit that's in this room that wants to talk to you. I was woken up two weeks ago. I don't do it all. It hasn't happened actually in a long time. It was about 2.33 in the morning, and as I woke up, I heard the Lord say, Ruth Heflin. And I'm like, ah, okay. So I just went and... And she was a woman that carried glory. And the Lord showed me that through her life that she taught and she modeled people the way that glory would show up is it happened because people would linger longer in just beholding Him. Pastor Les said that he felt the glory in this room. And so what are we doing is we're just entertaining Him. So come on, just whatever you have to do, get out of your chair, stand up, kneel. Let's just forget for, for a moment, just forget protocol. Just forget what it looks like normally. Just forget what you maybe thought church was going to look like tonight. I, 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 this, isn't, this isn't normal for me. Just be like, ah, okay, this is like, I'm, I'm, I'm easy grabbing my iPad and just going to the next thing, but I, I can't, I can't. Because he's here. And he's looking for a community of people that are no longer satisfied. So come on, can I just ask this in this room? If you're a weeper and you're a groaner in this room, I, I know it's in you, so don't hold it back. Don't hold back what God is putting in you right now to groan and to, to yield yourself to the glory that's in this room. I give you permission for those that are in this room, intercessors, those that are weepers, those that are groaners in this room, to give yourself to the place of prayer and intercession.
principalities are kicked out of regions. Come on, this is where generational curses are broken. This is where city transformation happens. Because we see like in the city of Ephesus, the God of Di- goddess of Diana no longer has authority and no longer has power. I don't know, but I just sense in the spirit that there is a demonic spirit. You could call her Jezebel. You can call her the goddess of Diana. But it's trying to hold back apostolic authority and power in this region. And it's looking for Ephesus church. It's looking for a church like Ephesus where John shows up in one simple prayer. And literally the goddess of Diana. And fell down, and the, and, the, and, the, and the temple of Armenians was split in two, and the citywide revival broke out. I believe that what God is doing through your groaning, through your intercession, through your prayer, that literally powers and principalities are being dislodged, dismantled, and kicked out of the city of Waco. We declare tonight, King of Glory, King of Glory, King of Glory, come! So 
shall come early in the morning and revelation and knowledge shall come late at night for it shall govern and guide your business in this hour God says if you lean your ear into me and hear my voice you shall not be affected by the economic downturn of this hour but God says for you you shall only have a spiraling up says the Lord this shall be your finest hour God says and God declares over you today you shall be a sign and a wonder I hear the Lord say, I am going to bankrupt in this city those who put their confidence in other gods. And it's going to shock them. And they're going to say, didn't we have people that we had to turn away? But now we're looking for those people to come back, says the Lord. And God says, I will bankrupt those that have put their trust in corrupt systems and have put their confidence in other gods. But for you, says the Lord, those who trust in the name of the Lord, you will find yourself hidden in the strong tower. And this economic downturn shall not touch your house, says the Lord. So, Father, we just bless you. And we honor you. showed me a section where a couple was going to be sitting and I heard the Lord say do not grow weary in well doing this is your season and what I saw is I saw like a car that was like in third gear and it couldn't get to the next gear and I heard the Lord say this is a season for you to shift and I felt like the Lord says do things with such intention and focus like you've never done them and what I saw as you do that in this next season it's going to shift you into the next season and you're going to see momentum come to your life would you just grab your wife's hand I just want to pray with you Father I just declare over this couple God I declare over them this is the season that they're shifting I declare that God they're not going to grow weary in well doing I declare this is the season God they won't have any regrets any in any uh, places where they're like wondering when and how and where are all these things going to happen but God says this is a season over your life that you're going to shift and you will see a momentum and acceleration over your life. I declare over you things that you've dreamed about even when you were little. I see you when you were little. And it just seems like, wow, that was cool, like a little, like a little kid dream. But I felt like the Lord said, no, that was the dream you always had. It was a God dream. I felt like God says that dreams from the Lord. And he's going to do it. 
this is a season you're going to shift and you're going to see those things that as a little kid that you had his dreams in your heart, you're going to see it happen. So God, I just declare that the blessing and the favor of the Lord come upon them. I declare, God, not only what they do with their hands, but God, what they're going to speak and proclaim from their mouth is going to see the authority of God come upon their lives in this season. I just hear the Lord say, uh, he's not counted you out. I feel like other people have looked at afar and like they've counted you out. They're like, ah, it's, it, he's tried so many times. And I just feel like the Lord says, I haven't counted you out. This is the time it's going to happen. Amen. Bless you. If you have any, any need in this room for, for a physical miracle in your life, you got pain in your body, or someone even in this room, you got arthritis and God's healing you. If, if you. if you just need God to heal you in some physical way, just lift up your hand to the Lord. I literally saw as, as you lifted your hand, I literally saw people reaching up into the atmosphere of heaven and you were just pulling it down. So would you just, just take whatever that is I declare vertebrae and backs are being aligned. I declare cartilage to be fully, completely restored. I declare there's someone's knee joint even in this room. And tonight, God is restoring, replenishing cartilage in your knee joints. I declare tendonitis to go. Thank you that God everything. God, including tumors and gross, they melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Would you just tell him one more time you love him? Say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, I love you, I love you. Would you do this for me? Would you just celebrate the worship team and thank them for helping lead us in the presence. I don't normally sweat this much. And it is roasting in here tonight. But praise the Lord next week when you come back, you will be here in the morning and you actually have like a, maybe a 20 degree difference or something like that, about that or something. So, but no matter what, we come, we seek the Lord, we're having fun doing it. God's doing amazing things here in Waco. It, this is such a highlight and joy to come and, and be able to minister here. Um, can we do this before I jump into this message? Um, I feel led to just do something real quick. Would you just... Uh, honor is one of the values here at Mercy Culture. And what we say is that we assign heaven's value. Honor is assigning heaven's value. Would you take just a moment, when you honor Pastor Les and Nikki, the pastors here of Mercy Culture, Waco, they're amazing people. We love you guys so much. We are so, we, we love you. You're just so amazing. So fun to be around. But I, I just want to say this, and I, so many people know this. Um, God doesn't need anybody, but God chooses to use somebody's. And God has chosen you too.
And he's marked you with favor. When the cry that was within your heart that said, God, I know you call us to do this, but I don't feel favor. And you made a choice to lay your life down, lay down what God birthed in you. God says, because I've marked you with favor. And what I see is this. I see like the, the woman that came and anointed Jesus' feet and poured the alabaster box. And this is what I know about that moment is that when Jesus left that moment, the trail of what she did was carried everywhere Jesus walked. Everywhere you walk from this moment on, favor will follow you every single place you go. We love you. We honor you, Pastor Les, Pastor Nikki. More than a treasure to this house, I feel like the Lord says this, you're God's treasure. You are God's treasure. He's found people. It must simply just do what he says. We do this one more time. Would you just love them? Just honor them. This All right, sit down, sit down, sit down. I want to encourage you sometime over the next week or two to ask the Lord if there's anything that he would invite you into to communicate or express honor, whether a card or some other form of communication to them. Just pray into that. Just ask the Holy Spirit and then just simply obey him in uh, showing your honor to them in some kind of way. So uh, we are talking through the gifts of the Spirit. I know that uh, I was here last week and we talked and leaned into the idea of establishing the priestly order. We talked about this idea of slowing down, making it about the presence of the Lord. And I, I, I gave a reference, or I mentioned last week this idea, until we restore the priestly order, we won't have prophetic clarity, nor will we have kingly authority. I believe tonight as I, I share uh, this message, I believe that God is going to stir up and release a deposit on this house and people in this house tonight to step into a new level of the gift of prophecy. But I believe what comes alongside of the gift of prophecy is that when you lean into uh, the relationship with the Holy Spirit um, and lean into that gift personally, I believe it comes with a new level of authority. And so I believe that God's going to place a new level of authority on you. If you have your Bibles, want to be in John chapter 2 tonight. John chapter 2. I actually have a lot of scripture. I know it's 7.33 tonight. Like in most churches, people would have already been done about 15 minutes ago or so, would have walked out. You would have had a, well, you can't really have a good meal here in Waco because almost everything is closed on a Sunday night. Uh, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I'm going to take a little bit of time um, and, and just deliver this message because I believe as you guys move to Sunday mornings, this can help set a foundation in this house for this gift to function and flow freely. Amen? John chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says this, On the third day there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. 
And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hours not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. This is a great mom. She just ignored what Jesus said and just gave instructions to servants. It says here in verse 6, Now there, was, uh, there were six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. And Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And then he said to them, Draw some water out or draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, uh, and did not know where it come from, but the servants who drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sits up the good wine, and then when the guests have well drunk, then them fear. You have kept the good wine, or the best, until now. I came to tell you tonight, the gift of prophecy expands territory. So we just say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. The prophetic word on this house for Mercy Culture, all of our campuses, everywhere we go, no matter this year, next year, the prophetic word on this house is this is the year of expanding territory. We see this in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. It says, Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, Oh, if that you would bless me indeed and enlarge or expand my territory and that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil or harm. And God granted what he asked. In this series, we've been talking about expanding spiritual territory through the gifts of the Spirit. There's nine gifts of the Spirit we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. See words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, supernatural power, prophecy, which I'll talk, teach on tonight, discerning of the Spirit's Tongues and interpretation tongues. I want to say this. If you've not been able to listen to all or only a few of these messages, I want to encourage you to go back to the podcast uh, and listen to these messages. These have such life and such authority. And if we believe that the word on this house is to expand territory and the way that we spiritually expand territory is through the gifts of the Spirit, then we all should have knowledge and revelation on how the gifts of the Holy Spirit work through our life. There's five Y's of the gifts, uh, or five W's. I said that last time. Five W's of the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, who are they for? Everyone, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says that God, the Holy Spirit, gives all to all people. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit. So what are the gifts for? The gifts are the spiritual tools to advance the kingdom of God or expand territory. Where are the gifts from, they're from God. We see in James chapter 1, verse 17, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. When were these gifts given? When Jesus gave them. We see in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, it says that he distributed or gave gifts to men. So why are they important for us? It's the power to expand Territory. See in Acts chapter 1 8, it says this when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, when the, you receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And it goes on and begins to talk about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit was doing in that period of time. I want to say this tonight the gifts of the Holy Spirit have not died, they didn't die with the apostles. They didn't uh, uh, cease to exist or cease to be needed when, when, when the, the, the canon or the Bible was fully canonized and put together. In fact, I would propose this, is we need them just as much as Jesus needed them. And if Jesus needed the gifts of the Holy Spirit in his time, both God and man, to function and do the will of the Father on the earth, how much more do we need all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? 
I want to say this, and I wasn't able to be here for all the other uh, messages in the series. I want to say this, not just one or two of the gifts for you. All of the gifts are available to you. Why? Because the perfect gift is the gift of the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, because he's a person, he's not like, hey, well, you know, it'd be like a good father saying to his kids, well, you know, I got all these gifts, but, you know, I guess you can only have a couple of them. If he's a good father and he distributes all of his gifts, then we should eagerly hunger, as the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we should eagerly desire all of the gifts to function and flow through our lives. So tonight I'm going to teach on the gift of prophecy. For those who have not had the opportunity, Pastor Landon, he taught a great message on stewarding a word from God back in July 19th of 2020. And I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that message because I believe it gives a context to not only the gift of prophecy, but how do we personally steward words that are from God for our lives personally? Let me give you one word of caution as we jump into this message. Spiritual gifts do not communicate a person's spirituality. They simply reflect a God reality. Meaning this, just because a person has the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow or function in their life doesn't make them spiritual. You can have gifts and still have no fruit. We need the fruit of the Holy Spirit and it empowers all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow through all of our lives. So what is prophecy? Prophecy is empowerment of the Holy Spirit to edify, warn, announce, and also reveal the future. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, starting in verse 1, it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks ministries. Let me pause there for a moment. When you pray in the Spirit, you know what's powerful about this? Is that when you pray in the Spirit, mysteries go up. But how many know this? If mysteries go up, what happens? Revelation comes down. The more you pray in the Holy Spirit is the more you open yourself up to the revelation of God. It goes on here and says this in verse 3, and it defines what prophecy is. It says, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. See, the super, prophecy is a supernatural empowerment to know and communicate the thoughts, feelings, and intentions of God. I think sometimes we've grown up in certain moments or certain settings or certain cultures that maybe we've had the gift of prophecy through people either didn't, didn't understand it or didn't know how to steward it properly, misuse or misappropriate the gift of prophecy. And so people have used the gift of prophecy maybe to manipulate. Maybe to get you to say, well, I felt like the Lord said for your life. And you feel like the Lord is saying something else and they use that to try to manipulate you to do their will. Let me just encourage you. Tonight, I want to encourage you. Let's help unpack all the brokenness, hurt, and harm from people that may be misused or improperly stewarded the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy, maybe you are damaged Uh, buy it through improper use because people made stuff up. Trust me, I've been in a lot of different settings. I've seen a lot of interesting stuff. Maybe sometimes you've, you've shied away or pushed away this gift of prophecy because it just was in the setting where all you heard was just fluffy good stuff. A Bentley for you and a Lamborghini for you and a brand new house for you. And you're like... Wow, like God's just up in heaven giving Bentleys and Lamborghinis, I guess. Like that's all he wants to speak about. And let me say this, 
God speaks with great clarity, and it does produce blessing in your life. But the purpose of the gift of prophecy is to reveal the might and the majesty of the king. Not just blessings and benefits from the king. And so though it's part of God speaking his heart and mind to people. I remember uh, about a year ago, I just sensed in my heart that God was speaking to somebody that he wanted to provide a car for them. So I just said, came over and said, hey, I just felt God put in my heart that he wants to provide a car for you. And they said, are you serious? We were just talking about, is it okay, God, for us to buy this new car? We thought it was maybe a little bit beyond what we should do. And you coming actually came and spoke, this is God's intention for our life. So I want to encourage you, God is not concerned about blessings and benefits, but he's not just about focusing on blessings and benefits. He's about getting you to the revelation of who he is and what he wants to say in the world. Some of us, we've been around people that have misused or improperly used the gift of prophecy, and the gift has been to pointing to themselves and not pointing to Jesus. We've been around showy and flashy people this. And this is what I've come to understand is that scripture reveals the main purpose of the prophetic is to show the treasure that's been hidden in the hearts of individuals. To show the treasure that's been hidden there. Just think about it. If you're going to a beach today, you know, and you get one of those little metal detectors and you go and you show up, you might find a treasure that someone lost and they didn't know. I think so many people in our world have misplaced or lost things that they weren't even aware that God had for their life. And through the gift of prophecy, what it does, it begins to pull out the treasure that's hidden underneath all the rubble and all the junk of life. See, the gift of the prophecy is a tool where the Holy Spirit's able to show the hidden things clearly so people can know what God says about their life. Job chapter 28 says this, verse 10, it says, He tunnels through the rock, his eyes see all of its treasures. He searches the source of the rivers, and he brings hidden things to the light. There's two kinds of prophecy. We have what is known as foretelling and forthtelling. Chris Vallotton says it this way, that foretelling is the proclamation of events and things that will happen in the future, where forthtelling is speaking forth and disclosing anything that is God's heart and God's mind. This is what I want to say, is we need both of these operations of the gift of prophecy today in our life. I remember uh, about two years ago, I was just in my own personal prayer time, and as I was just praying, talking to the Lord, actually just driving in my car, and I was just praying, and as I was driving, I, I went into this visionary experience. Visions are simply just a, a spiritual daydream. So my eyes were open. One of the primary ways that God speaks to me personally is through visionary type experiences. And so I saw my friend and I saw him with another woman who was not his wife. And I immediately had a sense or a discernment in the spirit that there was something that was trying to lead him into an opportunity of immorality. This is foretelling. God gave me a picture of what was to come. And so I reached out to my friend and just said, hey, uh, you know, I saw this in this vision and I just want to submit to you what I sensed, what I saw is something like this going on. And he's like, no, you know, no, 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 nothing like that at all. I was like, okay, all right. Well, I just, I'm sharing it because I believe it's a warning to pay attention of maybe some things that the enemy are going to throw your way, which is an opportunity to, to, to lead you astray. He goes, oh, okay. 
reaches out to me three days later, and he's like, hey, uh, Pastor Matt, I actually just confessed to my wife that I've been unfaithful for a year. And uh, through that vision, it brought a place of conviction where it gave an opportunity for him to come and confess to his wife and then brought them into a place of freedom. And now they're walking a life that's healthy and strong and loving God and loving people. I want to say this. The goal of that was not to point out sin, but the goal of that was to bring him into encounter with Jesus. The gift of prophecy is always for the purpose of bringing people into encounter. And sometimes those moments of encounter are speaking to hidden secret issues of the heart. But one of the other gifts or the ways that gift of prophecy works is through what is called forth telling, speaking forth and disclosing anything that can reveal the thoughts, feelings, intentions of God. It literally means to call things forth. We see in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, it says, I made you the father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God who gives life to the dead and calls the things which do not exist as though they did. Job 22, verse 28 is, I love, one, I love this verse. It's one of my most favorite verses is, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon thy ways. I believe that we need more in this season, more prophetic decrees and more prophetic de- declarations, more people that are getting the word of God, scripture, and then declaring or calling forth into existence what God has promised before it even happens. Let me tell you a story about some things uh, some years ago. I, I, I just, could I just say this? I'm going to slow down for a moment. I love the Lord because nothing is impossible for him. Right. <laughs> I've seen some of the most crazy, bizarre, wild, and I don't have any time to tell you all these other stories other than this one I'm going to tell you right now. So I'm in a, in a church in Yakima. We're doing these me- season of meetings and the Holy Spirit's showing up, people are getting wrecked, God's healing people and stuff. Woman comes in at one of the services in the evening and she, she comes forward and she happens to come and find me specifically. And she, she says, I need you to pray for me. I lost my two carat diamond out of my ring. I'm like, that, that, that's pretty costly. That, that costs a lot of money. Let's, let's make sure we find that. So we're talking and she's telling me, she goes, I've been looking for it all day. I know it's in my house somewhere. I can't find it. I can't find it. She goes, I I cleaned my house for about eight hours today. She's telling all the things she did. And as soon as she says that, I just go into a vision. And as I go into this vision, I just tell her, I said, no, it's at your house. She goes, there's no way. I searched for eight hours today. I cleaned. We We hired people come over and help clean our house and all these things. I said, no, trust me. It's at your house. It's in your kitchen. And I described these huge uh, tile floors she had. And she's like, no, there's no way. I said, trust me. When you go home, it's going to be there. She goes, no, it's not. I said, I declare it's going to be there when you get home. So we do the service. She goes home at night. She comes back the next morning for the morning session. She comes running in. Oh, my goodness. As soon as I open my front door, she says, I can see my kitchen from the front door. And it was sitting right where you said it. My diamond was there. And she was freaking out. She's showing me her diamond and stuff. Now, I don't know if she just didn't find it and the Lord showed me where it was. Or we called it forth and it just appeared. 
But I know this, we have the power to partner with heaven and declare the things that are not as though they were. We have the power to call into existence the reality of whatever heaven says. We should begin to partner with that. And I think for far too long, we've partnered with what we see, what we feel, and what we know, and so what heaven says. And if nothing's impossible, we should start partnering with what he says and beginning to speak the things that are not as though they were. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Every time you testify what God has done and who he's been, you know what happens? It prophesies. It calls something forth. It declares something into the existence. I think part of the challenge of today's culture is we're testifying about what hasn't happened. And how dark it is outside. And how much I don't like so-and-so. And how this is hard. And the politics and all this stuff. Let's stop prophesying and start prophesying by beginning to partner with what heaven says. Who cares who's in the White House? When we begin to get heaven's perspective and we get heaven's revelation and God's perspective on it. You know what we get to do? Is we get to partner with that reality. And heaven doesn't care who's sitting on the white, in the White House. All that matters is who's sitting on the throne. We must come to a place where we begin to lean in to the things of God. We begin to partner with the Holy Spirit and we begin to call the things that are not as though they were. I remember the very first time the gift of prophecy functioned in my life. I I went to Bible College, Northwest University, and uh, it was a season after living sort of a rebellious life for a season. And I just, I'm like all in. So I was in this little prayer chapel. Prayer, prayer dorm, I think I mentioned it last week, and I just went there every single day, just sought the Lord. After a couple of years of interning at this church, the youth pastor was going to go away for a couple of weeks, and he said, would you preach? I'm like, yeah, sure, that'd be awesome. It's first time preaching in a setting like that, so I get up, I preach, and then I give an altar call, and we got about a hundred and so kids lined up, and I stand in front of the first kid, and again, my eyes are just open. This is the very first time ever this happened that I can remember specifically And I see that he's struggling with pornography. And so no one taught me anything. I didn't know what to do. So I just like, I'll use a different name. George. God shows me you're struggling with pornography. And I'm doing it in the microphone in front of a hundred young people. Let me tell you, that's not how it works. That's not the way it should function. Now, let me say this, through all the years God taught me, that God's heart and desire is to bring people into encounter, bring people into purpose. And sometimes that does mean that we speak to those issues of the heart. But I learned this, that the best way to do that was to not say in the microphone and just begin to prophesy God's purpose and God's destiny. Hey, George, this is what God says about you. God says, you're purposed, you're destined. He's bringing freedom in your life. You're no longer to struggle with the areas of brokenness that's keeping you captive. And you know what's amazing? Is the Holy Spirit knows exactly what's going on in that person. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what I'm talking about. And he begins to uproot the issues of that person's life without bringing more damage and destruction. Let me say this. I want to apologize 
publicly to anybody that's in this room that's ever been hurt because of the misuse of this gift of prophecy. And you got called out in front of someone and you got humiliated and you got talked about and you were like, oh yeah, I know the struggle is so... Let me just say this. The gift of prophecy is for edification, which means to build up. Exhortation, which means to strengthen and comfort. Nothing there is to tear down. So if you've ever felt that torn down by the gift of prophecy, it was someone abusing and misrepresenting a pure gift that comes from the Holy Spirit to help lead you into the place. So who is this gift for, though? The gift of prophecy is for everybody. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 25, sorry, Numbers chapter 11, verse 25, it says, And the Lord came down in a cloud, and he spoke to Moses, and he took the spirit that was upon him, Moses, and they gave it to the seven elders, and it came to pass that when the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, and they did not see. So they prophesied just like Moses. And it says, and, and, and Moses said to them, these are people that are complaining and arguing, like, wait, how is this happening? And he says, envious for my sake, I wish God, I, I would that God would, that all of God's people were prophets. He's saying here, I wish that everyone, see, every single person would prophesy. Every person would step into this gift. The Bible says this in, the, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, that we prophesy according to the measure of our faith. So if you simply just believe God's word, you are completely open to all the gifts. Get them, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Or maybe that was kids attacking teachers because it's 7.56. I don't know. Get all of them, Holy Spirit. I don't know. Including my son Josiah over there. And so I think what we do, though, is we think, ah, that gift looks easy for me or that gift looks normal. I want that gift. But this gift, when we step into it and we operate, you know what happens? Is people step into purpose. Could it be there's people in your family, people in your sphere of influence, people at your work, people at your school, people in your neighborhood that are not living in purpose because you've not chosen to step into one of these gifts, the gift of prophecy, and declare God's truth? People ask me all the time, are you ever afraid of missing it? Let me just be honest. All the time. I'm afraid that I'm going to miss what God wants for people. I'm not afraid of missing it. Like, ah, man, did I say the right word or say the wrong word? I'm afraid that I'm going to miss a moment that God wants to bring freedom and deliverance to people. And you know what it does? It keeps me humble and it keeps me in the place of making sure I fear God more than I fear people. See, Wayne Gretzky, the great hockey player of old, said this, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Maybe we should just start taking shots. Stepping out. There was a season in my life I used to prophesy all the time, all, 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 all the time. Ask my wife. We'd be at every restaurant, every place, and I would just do it all the time. And then I had one of these moments that I let the fear of man capture my heart. So for one entire year outside of church, I did not give any prophetic words to people. I was more concerned about people than I was about God. Remember the moment I had a breakthrough. Me and my wife were going through a coffee drive-through because they have thousands of them in Seattle area. 
like on every corner. You can do drive through. That's what they need to get here in Texas. Because when you go to drive throughs here, Starbucks or whatever, Dutch Bros, and it takes like 12 hours to get a stinking coffee, they're like, what's going on? Lord, we declare in Waco, they need seven more coffee stands. Maybe one of you should just start a coffee stand and be a kingdom ambassador here in Waco. So I'm there, we're driving through, and it's a young lady that, you know, we, we'd seen all the time. She's there all the time. And after not prophesying for a year, I know I'm supposed to declare something to her. My heart starts beating super fast. I start sweating. I'm like, oh, my hands get all clammy and stuff. And this is what I learned, that your nervous system doesn't know the difference between fear and excitement. They run on the exact same current. When you get excited, what happens? Start sweating, hands get clammy, knees get weak. Oh, sorry, that's a different song. Like every now and then. Lord, got to redeem all things. You could just have fun in the presence. Or when you're afraid, your hands get sweaty, start sweating, your heart goes fast. But you know what you can do? You get to tell your nervous system what it is. So as I'm getting ready to declare this word, this is what I say out loud in the car. She can't hear, but I'm like, this is going to be the best moment of my entire life. She's going to get rocked today. Her life's going to forever change. And what I'm doing is I'm declaring I'm not afraid. I'm excited because this is going to rock her world. And in that moment, I got freedom and deliverance from this fear of man. I stepped back into the fear of God. And now it's the most exciting thing to do. I look for opportunities as often, as much as I can. And it comes from this place because I made a decision. I'm not going to be afraid of missing it. I'm going to be afraid of not honoring God. Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, it says, prophecy did not have its origin by the will of man or with man, but his holy men were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Pastor Les, will you come up here? I need you just for illustration real quick. Will you pick me up just for a second, Pastor Les? Will I pick you up? Are you serious? Yes. Now, this is pretty easy for me. I can hang out here for a while. Uh, Sitting here in the air, <laughs> here in the air conditioning. Like, I'm comfortable. This is awesome. All right, Pastor Les, you can put me down. Give Pastor Les a hand clap. Now, this is the reality. The person being carried didn't have any weight on them. It wasn't difficult for the person being carried. It was only weight or it was only difficult for the person carrying. The Bible says this, prophecy did not have its origin with man, but his holy men were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the one that carries you when you prophesy. It's not you like, oh, I got to get this word for somebody. These people need to hear God. I got to work this up and this is hard and this is difficult. See, the reality is if it's difficult for you, it's because you're trying to carry it. 
But when you choose to be carried by the Lord through your daily encounter and you're leaning in day after day, sitting before him, meditating upon his word, praying and talking to him, interceding for the broken and the hurting, you come to the place where all of a sudden the Holy Spirit carries you or he picks you up. See, prophecy is easy when you're in his presence because you're not carrying it. It's only hard when you're trying to carry it. But when you're allowing him to carry you, prophecy becomes easy. The other way prophecy is described in this passage is the idea of ventriloquist. Ventriloquist got a dummy in his hand, pulls him out of a little suitcase, right? Pick up the dummy. Dummy has no voice except the voice of what the ventriloquist gives him. Let me say it this way. Any dummy can prophesy. You have no effort or will in it, but simply letting the hand of God come in you and come upon you. And when he comes in you and comes upon you, you know what happens? You simply open your mouth and he fills it. You simply open your mouth and he gives you the words. You simply open your mouth. You're the face, but he's the voice. You're the face, but he has his, it's his heart and his mind. And I think for far too often, we've made the gifts about us. So here's how things happen. Oh, wow. Man, do you see the way that gift works in that person? I don't have that gift. Let me just make it clear. None of us have any of the gifts. But when we lean into intimacy with the gift, which is the person of the Holy Spirit, he can give us any gift at any moment and any time because it's easy when we're in his presence. Acts chapter 4 verse 20 says this, we can't stop speaking about what we've seen and heard. See, the disciples didn't have a gift. They simply had intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And when they had intimacy with the Holy Spirit, it was simply easy to speak about what they saw and they heard in the presence. And whatever you speak and you hear in the presence, you go out and you tell and you reveal. Yes. Remember the little thing growing up as kids, show and tell? Okay, no, nobody had show and tell when they were kids? <laughs> Like, no, I guess only in Washington you have show and tell. You don't have that in Texas because you never know what you're going to show and tell. Like, hey, this is my dad's gun. You know, just go down the closet over here, guys. <laughs> I have so many thoughts going through my head right now. Focus, focus, focus. <laughs> this is what the gifts of the Spirit look like. You get in the presence and you see and you hear. And then you go, show and tell. And when you do that, it's not on you to make something happen. Because prophecy is easy in his presence. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 3, it's talking about Ezekiel, the prophet says, And so the Spirit lifted me up and took me away. And I went in bitterness and the heat of the Spirit, but the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. And I came to the captives of Tel Aviv who were dwelling by the river Chabar, and I sat where they sat, and I remained there astonished among them seven days. Verse 16 says, And it came to pass at the end of seven days, and the word of the Lord came to me. 
The greatest activation of the gift of prophecy happens in your life when you intercede. If you want the gift of prophecy to function as a normal outflow of your life, become a person of intercession. It says here that they, he sat where they sat. I think for far too often, we speak before we sit. And what we do is we speak not from his heart and their issue. We speak from our issue and our heart. Which is why it's easy to look at someone through their brokenness and simply speak more about their brokenness until we make a decision to sit where they sit. Till we weep with those that weep. Until we feel what they feel. So we can hear what he has to say. And speak what he's saying to those people. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 and verse 9. It says, let love be the highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities that the Spirit gives. Especially the ability to prophesy goes on and talks about how this gift functions and says, and the same is for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will you know what they're saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. There are many different languages in the world and every language has a meaning. But if I don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it. And the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. Prophecy is the, the language of love that translates to all cultures because it expresses the heart and mind of God. I believe the gift of prophecy is one of the most vital and necessary gifts that we need in this hour. Because God's vehicle or mechanism in which delivers his heart and mind of people is through this gift and it crosses all generational gaps also show social economic divides, crosses all racial ba uh, uh, barriers, it crosses every lack of understanding and gap that you would perceive and understand. Because prophecy is the language of love. I remember being on a trip to Guatemala some years ago and I went there, I, 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 I did three years of Spanish, but I learned zero. I knew, I knew fuego and like, Yo quiero Taco Bell. Um, like a few of those expressions, but other than that, I didn't know a whole lot of anything. Te amo, Mateo. Like, you know, see, that's that, that, three years. That's all I got for you. So I went on this mission trip to Guatemala. I went and I stayed at this uh, really nice house. We were going there for a conference. And all the people that were there that I stayed at this house, none of them spoke English. But I didn't speak Spanish. There was a huge language barrier gap. So I get up early in the morning the next day and they're there and they're trying to give me breakfast and I'm like, you know, you're pointing and you're trying to like do sign language and, you know, no one knows really what I'm saying. I remember uh, going, going with my friend that I was actually there with that does uh, speak Spanish and so we went on the trip and as we came back, we met this family later. Um, a, a couple of the people in the family came and they're like, you know, they're, they're talking to me in Spanish and like, you know, I'm like, I don't have a clue what they're saying, but they come over and they greet me and they give me a kiss on the cheek. And at first, like this, you know, I was maybe 30 at the time. 
So this young girl, she comes over and she's 20 and she's the first one to give me the kiss. I'm like, wait, hey, hold on. I don't know you like that. I'm married. Like, back up. But I didn't know it was their culture. It was the way they expressed love or communicated their affection. So fast forward all throughout the course of this week. This is how we begin to interact. And I begin to see something that crossed all the language barriers. And it was love. I come back to our youth ministry in Chicago. Rough area of life. It was one of the most amazing, fun experiences. Yeah, oh gosh. I got so many stories there too. And so I come back, I'm there getting ready to preach, and I come in, I'm like, hey, how you guys doing? I'm like super excited to see all these young people and stuff coming and giving them hugs. And they come over to my wife after I was like, what happened to Pastor Matt? What's wrong with him? Because that wasn't my normal expression of love to come over and like give hugs and like be, be extra touchy-feely like that. This is the reality, is prophecy is the language in which delivers God's heart and mind to people. Could it be that we need more prophecy in the world and less opinions? Could it be that we need more prophecy and less picking apart of people? We need more prophecy and more judgment. See, it's compassion that what motivates and empowers a person to declare the word of God with great authority. Will Ford said it this way, gifts of the Spirit are to operate through the fruit of the Spirit. You only have authority over what you love. Bible declares that Jesus, he was moved with compassion. In Axel, which is our creative community, we have a driver or a core value, and it's intercession over infatuation. I believe this, though, also. We must have intercession over indignation. It's easy to get indignant with people. Because their policies, their belief systems, their perspectives, their opinions, their values. And until we intercede for them, we don't know God's heart for them. We only know their perspectives, their policies, their opinions, their lifestyle choices, and their values. I found some years ago in a moment, I was standing up getting ready to preach in the service sort of like this. I just said, hey, will we take just a moment and... That season, Russell Wilson and his previous wife were just getting ready. It was public knowledge that he was getting ready to go through a divorce because of some things that happened in the family dynamic. So I just asked the young people in the room, I said, hey, can we take a moment? Can we just pray? And they're like, yes, yeah. so we stand up, we pray. And as we pray, I begin to break for the people in Hollywood. And for the next 20 minutes, I just begin to weep uncontrollably, which is not my normal mode of opera. It's not my normal expression. And after that moment, for the next seven plus years, I would then pray and I intercede every single day for people in that community. People ask this question all the time. How can you have a heart for Hollywood? And not be angry over all the immoral, unjust, unrighteous, unholy things there the things that are produced and the things that come, the songs and the music and the entertainment that come from that. And let me just tell you the truth, that's easy. Because I don't have a heart for Hollywood. I have a heart for the Lord. And when I have God's heart, I can have his heart for people that have different values than me. And you know what happens when you can have God's heart for people that have different values than you? 
You can get God's word for people that have different values in them. Could it be that sometimes the gift of prophecy is just relegated to an environment like this where everyone has the same value system, same belief system, but the, prophet, the gift of prophecy stops at the back of the tent? Because when we meet with someone that we're like, man, I don't really like this person. This person gets on my nerves. They got every value that I disagree with them, that I'm completely righteously against. But when you come to that place and you begin to intercede and you're broken for what God breaks over, he gives you revelation for people. There's people that I'm in a relationship with today that if you turned on the news either yesterday or today or tomorrow, they'll probably be in the news. And yet, when they're going through stuff, they reach out to me for me to help pastor them through dis dysfunctional situations. Why? Because I've chose to sit where they sit. Chose to weep over those that are broken. And when you can do that, you can have authority to speak to issues that others are simply condemning. See, God, he looked at darkness. He was amazed about God. He didn't say, oh, man, it's so dark outside. Man, there's so much chaos in the world. You know what he did? He's, he looked at darkness and he prophesied. He said, let there be light. And light broke forth into darkness. Could it be what the church needs is more revelation about what God is saying and less revelation about the world and what it's doing? And when we begin to do that, we can look at the most evil, immoral, unrighteous, unjust situation, and we could stand back and we could speak light into it. And I guarantee this, and when you begin to understand that you have authority to speak the things that are not as though they were, it doesn't matter. And you will begin to see the greatest of darkness is beginning to crack, cave and fall because you understand the power of the light that's in you through prophetic declaration and when you do that you will begin to see lives change worlds turned upside down and cities come into the encounter of God it does not take any revelation from God to point out what is but it takes a word from heaven to declare what will be Let's go back to our story, the worship team can come. We see here Jesus is at this, this wedding with his disciples and other people and in this culture and ceremony that they run out of wine, it's sort of a, a dishonor to the family. And so uh, Jesus' mother comes to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, it ran out of wine. Like, can you do a miracle? We need something to happen. And Jesus' response is like, woman, it's not my time, but she knew that there was something that could be done. And so... He goes, she goes to the servant and says, just do whatever he says. Do whatever he tells you to do. And so Jesus comes over and he says, says to him, says there's six water pots over here. And he says, take those water pots and fill them with water. And then take the water and give it to the master. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist, but if I'm a servant in that day, Jesus comes over. This is actually Jesus' first miracle, so they didn't know Jesus did miracles yet? And he comes over and says, hey, fill these dirty, nasty water pots. So, so these six water pots were used for ceremonial purification and washing. So that means this, that when people came into the house to wash their hands and feet from the dirt and the filth of life, they used these water pots. And then Jesus turns around later after they're empty and he says, hey, use these dirty, nasty water pots to go and give this to the master. 
Six represents the number of, number of man. The Bible says this, that we are an earthen vessel. The Bible declares in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that he puts treasure in earthen vessels so that the glory of God can be from God and not from man. I just want to tell you this. God is not concerned about the dirt in your life. He doesn't need you to get perfect and get everything figured out and everything right to be used by God. You know what he needs? He just needs you to simply get filled with the water of his word. I love this. Jesus doesn't expect us to come to him and get everything perfect. But he expects us simply to be a vessel that he can put water into. You know how the gift of prophecy works? Is when we have a dirty, broken individual who commits to simply being filled with the water of his word. I love this story because we don't see where water turns into wine. I mean, you don't know, like, does it turn into wine when the servants put the water into the water pot? Or does it turn into wine when they're taking it to the master? Or does it turn into wine when the master drinks it? We don't know, but it doesn't really matter. The only thing that matters is this, is God is looking for stewards that are filled with the word, that are willing to draw from their life and take what is in you to them that's out there. I think for far too often, we're thinking we're needing to do the miracle. We're needing to produce the wine. But when you simply commit to a life where your life is filled with the Word of God, the Holy Spirit comes and He takes and He draws something from that so they can have an encounter with the Spirit of God. I love this story because this is clear in this passage. Is that God doesn't need perfect people. He simply needs servants or, let's say it this way, stewards. If you steward your daily encounter with the Lord, steward your time of being filled with the Word, there'll be a moment, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow, that you can draw from what God put in you and you can deliver it to the person in front of you. I remember, and I'll end with this story, when God was really challenging me in my, my life, specifically in the gift of prophecy. And I, 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 I thought it had to be perfect. I thought to have it all figured out. In fact, I thought I had to have all the knowledge before I actually said something. And I remember the Lord challenged me. He said, I want you to go to grocery stores. And I was like, okay. So he's like, okay, this one we need to walk around. So I start walking around. He goes, that person there, tell him what I have to say. I'm like, you ain't told me anything. He's like, go tell him what I have to say. I'm like, you haven't told me anything yet. He just says, go and tell him what I have to say. So I walk over to the person and say, hey, excuse me. Can I encourage you with something? Let me 
help you right now. No one turns down encouragement. No, please, I don't want to be encouraged. I'm just a bad person, a mean person. I don't want to hear encouragement. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And so I then just open my mouth and I draw from what God already deposited in me from my daily encounter. And when I do that, you know what happens? People are amazed because wine is poured into their life. That's what I encourage you with tonight as we wrap up. You can stand to your feet. Because you don't need to be gifted. You don't need to try to make something happen. You know what you need to do? Is be like the servant who can simply steward whatever Jesus told them to do. Fill the water pot with water. That's your only job. If you steward your daily encounter with the Lord, fill this earthen vessel, this dirty vessel that sometimes doesn't have it all put together, and steward it by simply putting the water of the Word in your life, I guarantee you this. There'll be plenty of wine to pour out there. There'll be plenty of wine to give to your waiter, your waitress. Plenty of wine to give to your family. Plenty of wine to give to the city. But it only requires you to simply be a good steward. They can steward this vessel through daily encounter and being filled with the Word of God. That's what I want us to do. Let's close our eyes lift up our hands. If you're in this room and you say, you know what, I want the gift of prophecy to flow through my life. Maybe like I, every now and then I feel like I get words, I hear something, sense something, see something. But you're saying, I want this gift to flow through my life. I just want you to lift up both hands to the Lord. And I want to pray and then this is what I want to do. I'm going to then hand it over to Pastor Les and let him just lead on how he feels like we need to be led in this moment at the end but Lord I just declare over people in this room right now I ask Holy Spirit that you would fill every single person in this room let's do this let's just lift up our voice if you if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit you have the gift of tongues would you just pray in your heavenly language tonight This is how revelation comes. This is how intimacy comes. Father, I declare over people tonight, I ask Holy Spirit that you would stir up the gift of prophecy. Lord, I ask that you would stir up that gift. God, that gift that dwells in every single person. God, that gift that has been deposited and given because the Holy Spirit dwells in them. I ask, Holy Spirit, would you stir up the gift of prophecy? God, would you stir up, God, the gift to declare your word, to declare your truth, to declare your heart, to declare your mind to the world. We say, Holy Spirit, come. Come and fill people with the gift of prophecy, the ability to see, the ability to hear, and the ability to declare, and the ability to create your word. I'm going to say this real quick. 
prophecy is not about seeing and hearing. It's about declaring and decreeing. What does that mean? That means every one of us should see and hear because the Lord speaks. But it moves from the place of just seeing and hearing when you open your mouth and you begin to declare and decree. Some months ago, we were at Mercy Culture, the Fort Worth campus. There have been years and years, 50 plus years of people praying for the end of Roe versus Wade. Our friend Will and Havla Ford and Lou Engel and other people throughout, throughout, throughout the centuries have been praying or throughout just generations of praying and petitioning heaven. There was a moment at this, this, this gathering we had during that time in April and I felt like the conviction of the Lord. And he said, Matt, don't go up just and pray tonight. I want you to go up and declare and decree. I never, I never heard him say that concerning this issue. We went up that night and we declare the giants falling, the giants falling. That was a Wednesday night. That was a Wednesday night. A few days later was the leak of, of the memo about the, the overturning of what was going to be projected, overturning Rover's Wade. Why am I saying that? It's because we can just say, oh, I heard the Lord say. Oh, I felt my spirit the Lord was going to do. And it stay in the heavens. But when you choose to agree and partner with what heaven is revealing, what he's saying, and what he's revealing, and you begin to declare and decree, you know what happens? Heaven begins to be manifested on earth. Our Father in heaven, your kingdom come and your will be done on heaven, in heaven or on the earth as it is in heaven. The way that we do that through prophetic declaration is not just by hearing and seeing, but by declaring and decreeing. So this is what we want to do. I want to activate you tonight in one thing. I want you just to close your eyes, lift your hands, pray in the Holy Spirit. And I want you to hear the Lord say something. It could be about a family member. It could be about a neighbor. It could be about this city. It could maybe even be about your own life. But you're hearing what the Lord is saying, or you're seeing a vision, or you have an impression of something, or you just feel this inner sense like this is what the Lord is doing. And this is how we partner with that, through prophetic declarations. We then begin to open our mouth, and we begin to declare and decree. So when you have something, when you've heard the Lord say something, maybe you even heard this week, and you heard the Lord say, you know what, your brother's getting saved. This is how we partner with that. We just begin to declare. So if that was my situation, so I'd say, Josh, I declare you're being saved now. I declare your eyes are being opened now in the name of Jesus. I declare every demonic lie and deception is being stripped from your eyes. So all across this room, this is what we need to do. I want you to open your mouth. I don't want you to begin to prophesy. I want you to declare. I want you to call the things that are not as though they were. So all across this room, come on, say it out loud. Declare it out loud. I'm going to put the mic down. I'm going to do it with you. your hour for visitation. This is your moment for breakthrough. 
is your moment, I declare, in the name of Jesus, for God to come and inhabit this city. I was just reminded, the Lord said, there's someone here tonight and you're believing for a child. You're believing to, to give birth to a child. And I just felt in my spirit, the Lord reminded me of it. And I heard the Lord say, you have to partner with me by saying it. Because you got discouraged. And so you've been partnering with something else. one more time. I know I'm pushing you. I know it's going a little long. Lift up your hands one more time. And would you just with boldness would you declare out loud what you're believing, what you're calling into existence, what you're calling forth. What you're calling forth. Come on, we believe God for 17 years for children. What we did, we just kept on declaring it. We kept on declaring promises from Scripture. So all across this room, come on, declare the truth. Declare the Word of God. We declare freedom in this house. We declare freedom in this house. We declare freedom, 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 freedom. 